Welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football podcast we bring you each and every week. This is the Monday Mashup, the flagship show on the Upper Tier, where we bring people on. But tonight, I'm bringing the day on. Darren, how are we, Darren? Well, good, pal. How are you? Good, not too bad at all. Well, this is the show where we review all the Premier League action from the weekend. Not that there's a huge list, but we'll review it anyway. <laughs> and also we look at some of the hot topics arising from the Premier League over the weekend. Some interesting ones come up this weekend. Um, let's start off with the results first. Leeds 1, Arsenal 4. Our friend Bielsa in serious trouble. He's getting closer to the door, isn't he? Really, really is. Like the, the Defensively, they're so, so poor. Like it's, it's Sunday League stuff, isn't it? I don't think I've seen any other team as bad in terms of the difference between defence and attack. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I just... it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah, because at times, like, when they're going forward, they have the ability to look like a really good football team. And, mm. you know, they do, they do things quickly and there's a nice touch and stuff like that about them. But defensively, I mean... They're so, so poor, aren't they? They really are. Now, we've talked about it for a while, about how, mm. how kind of soft the spine of the team is. And, you know, they're missing Calvin Phillips, who arguably their best player, and he plays down that middle, mm. the middle of the spine of the team. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But, uh, yeah, the two centre-backs, like, it's it, very, very poor. Has he any leeway insofar as, I mean, he was missing Bamford for about six, seven weeks. He's missing Calvin Phillips. He's had a number of other injuries as well. And now he's after getting smacked with this COVID Omicron breakout. The other day, he had to field a 15-year-old on the bench. Um, do we have any sympathy for him, or do we think it would be more of the same, even if you had a full squad? I mean, the back four is pretty much the back four, isn't it, anyway? Yeah, I think week to week, like, you know who's going to play in the back four, don't you? And, mm. I mean, most weeks he's had almost full strength in the back four. Yeah. The keeper, yeah, you know. Um he's not bad at all, in yeah. fairness to the young, you know. Um I think anyone playing behind Liam Cooper is gonna find life difficult. Yeah. He's very, very limited as a centre back goes. You've got the boy uh Lorente again. Um like they paid a few quid for the, that boy Lorente, you know. Yeah, like I think he was supposedly the answer to their problems at centre-back and I don't know whether he's posed more questions than answers at this stage you know yeah, they, they have spent a bit of money between Lorente between Dan James and also they tied down Jack Harrison who was previously on loan from City so yeah. they have they have spent money now it's not massive money but they have no. spent money yeah um, but it, it's, it's looking ominous if they don't turn things around in the next few weeks isn't it I think January will tell the tale to you I think I think we might see the change before January, if I'm honest. Really? I think so. Um, and, and I think the issue is, the longer you leave it, the more difficult you know, you're going to find to get out of this, this, this hole, you know? Yeah, I think if you've decided you're going to make a change, you have to give someone some opportunity in January to bring a few players in, potentially on loan, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe a couple of loan signings, exactly. Mm. Possibly even players that, you know, have worked under the manager previously, whoever you bring in and stuff like that. You know, you see that quite a lot. Somebody comes in, they bring a couple of lads with them and guys that they've played under, guys who have played under them and stuff like that, that, you know, they can trust and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, we talked about it already. Who's 
who's legitimately on the cards here for them, you know, if they do decide to make the change. Uh, I know we talked about it might be a job ready-made for, for our friend Frank up at Chelsea, but... Frank Lampard, yeah. Might be, but... Yeah. You know, like, it's a, it's a leads to a sleeping joint. Big football I, club. I, I had a laugh the other night when um, I was listening to one of the phone-in shows and there was a Leeds fan on it. And one of the guys on the phone and shot one of the house, he tried to trigger him and he says, but sure, you could get Neil Warnock in. And he nearly went perplectic on the phone call. Brilliant. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah, no, difficult times for Leeds ahead, but look at looks of things. And um, do, we, for- do we mention the name? Go on. Big Sam. No, no. That ship sailed during the West Brom project, didn't it? That ain't going to ever happen again. Oh, I don't he, know. He did himself dirty in that West Brom project. There's no doubt about it. He, they oh, went down know. and they, I know they were saying, oh, well, it's the first time that it kind of happened and stuff like that. But the talk afterwards and the way he threw the club and the players and everything under the bus and all, he didn't do himself any favours there for any future recovery teams, I'd imagine. He, he didn't, but don't forget, he's got a serious track record of keeping teams in the league. Yeah, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't be looking to Sam Allardyce, put it that way. Definitely not. Well, I mean, from a stop, I don't think he's your long-term answer, you know? He wouldn't be but my I mean, short-term. If you're Leeds and, and, and all you're thinking about is, how do I stay in this league? There's worse options out there. Yeah, but there's also better ones. Let's be honest here. <laughs> we shall wait and see. <laughs> Absolutely. Um... Newcastle nil, Man City four. Man City on the rampage. Although at one nil they were kind of lucky. We'll get into some refereeing decisions later on in the show, but that had to be a that was a penalty, wasn't it? Hundred percent. I didn't think it was. Really, I thought Gen- it was a stonewall penalty. Genuinely, hand on heart, I didn't think it was a penalty. You know, it may just be goalkeepers' union, but I think when Cancelo comes across and takes the ball, yeah. The balls away as, from him then. Takes the balls away. As as he takes the ball away from the action, yeah? Yeah. Ederson has already committed to coming out. Yeah. And you can see there's an attempt to try and stop himself, but he's already sliding. So it's momentum that carries him into the player. But the Newcastle player is not even near the ball. Like he doesn't have the ball. But you know what but, I mean? But that doesn't matter. If you're standing in the box and you punch a player in the face and he's not near the ball. Yeah. That's kind of different though, punching a bloke in the face or or making a move and trying to stop your move and momentum carrying you forward. Do you know what I mean? But what happens if you fly out to tackle a player in the box and you try and stop your momentum and you break his leg? What do you mean if you try and stop your momentum? Well, you if you try if, if you try and stop your momentum, but you still, because of your momentum, you're trying What's to stop... What's breaking his leg got to do with it though? Well, but you know what I mean. It, like, it, like take one extreme to the other. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't just turn around and go. But because Ederson showed that he tried to slow himself up because the ball was gone, no, no, no. but you he still tore your man clean it, out of it. Like, it's very visible, and clear, and obvious that he, he he pulls out, and it's mom, it's his momentum that carries him into Fraser. You know what I mean? But well, personally speaking, I didn't think it was a pen. I don't know. You're getting into a fairly grey area there. If you think momentum doesn't count. Um, no, I mean, listen, there is a case to say he's lost control of himself. 100%. But, but I still didn't think it, you know, and listen, I'm, I'm in the very small minority 
that thinks it wasn't a pen. Um, you know, but I just it wasn't for me. I just thought, no, I said that's I don't know. I think if we get into the area of momentum, we're in trouble then, isn't it? I mean, I think, we'll, I we'll Fraser, talk, we'll obviously talk later Fraser, about Kane and Robbo as well. Also, Fraser also sees it coming and like you know, waits for the contact and everything, and you're like, that's coaching. No, oh, that's man. Come on, Bruno Fernandez has made a career of this. Would you stop? Come on, what do you mean? He sees a career of it. Yeah, he's made a career of seeing penalties coming and hitting the deck. What are you talking about? <laughs> Absolute dribble, dribble. Well, Harry, Harry Kane's tackle yesterday. And I know we're going to get into it later, but Harry Kane's tackle was that momentum? No, yeah. well, absolutely, hundred percent. It was momentum. He flew Would into it- the tackle. No, it's studs. He's got a studs up. Okay. So Robbo, Robbo's tackle afterwards. Like, was Edison, it his momentum Edison. of trying to win the ball, wrapped his leg around your man and put him down? No, that was stupidity. That's completely yeah, but, different. But, is, but isn't momentum a very grey area? You know, Edison doesn't, doesn't kick him. His knee makes contact with him as he slides out. Mm. Like, it's not a tackle. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's my point. He doesn't tackle the way Kane does or the way Robertson does. Yeah. It's completely different. Well, Robertson isn't even a tackle. He just decides he's gonna fucking kick the bloke, you know, and absolutely land based him. Like, that's yeah, but it's yeah, but it's the momentum of his leg, like, isn't it? Is it not the momentum of his leg? No, when he swings it. No. <laughs> wow, my god. Anyway, um, Man City four 0 Eddie Howe. I actually got bored watching it. Really, it was very comfortable, it. wasn't it? I watched it and I was like. Jesus, it just looked like, you know, they were playing the FA Cup against some non-league team and they just rattled the ball around at will, you know, the way they wanted to. And you just thought, Jesus, um, they were they were, they were good without being good. You know, the scoreline probably flattered them a little bit, but, you know, the keeper made a couple of good saves as well and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, we've spoken the title race about these teams operating at a level, haven't we, but... Man City, I think, are operating out at a different level, even to Chelsea and Liverpool, aren't they? It's scary. They look, they look less susceptible to those bad games, don't they? Yeah. And it's it's scary to it's scary to think, you know, if they brought somebody in in January as a striker, hmm. you know, that's good night and close the curtains on your way out. That's what. What you thinking at the moment? Are you looking at the Champions elect? I think so. You think so? Yeah. yeah, it's it's um it's going to be tough to draw them back in. I know Liverpool are within three points of them, and Chelsea are within six. But you're asking for Liverpool and Chelsea to go the rest of the season nearly perfect, and for well, your, your problem is it's not necessarily how many they're clear; it's the ability they have to go and win. You know, eighteen game out of game. twenty games, yeah, game after game. Yeah, they don't see them going on a long losing streak. Mm. You know, yeah, um, I just don't think they have it in them. Um, you know, yeah, Wolves nil, Chelsea nil. Yeah, Chelsea are really hit the hit the skids here, hasn't he? Any um, any sympathy for Tuchel? I mean, it, it's he asked for a postponement. Other teams have been getting a postponement. There's no doubt he's missing a clatter of players. I know he has quite a strong squad. You would have thought yesterday the team they put out yesterday would be strong enough and competitive enough against Wolves. And yeah. it's not like they failed at a team of under 18s or anything like that. They certainly didn't, know. One of the points that I picked up on yesterday, and I thought it was a valid point, through this whole COVID stuff and all, we're concerned about player welfare. 
But where does player welfare cross the line if a guy like Kovacic, who's only back off a bad injury, has to be thrust into a game like that and be made play because of numbers? Um, oh, I don't know if he, he made him play, you know, as in he had other options there. He had Barkley. Could have brought Barkley on. Chose yeah. not to. Mm. So that's also down to the manager, you know, and what he has. Listen, I understand. And he sent a message with what he did with the bench. I mean, if you're telling me Chelsea couldn't have fielded more players on that bench, he didn't want to field more players. He was sending the message to the FA. You know, he was saying, listen, we're down to our bounds here. Now, Chelsea's bounds and anyone else's bounds are completely different. We know how big a squad they have. We know how big of a, you know, even like their youth system is. So, I mean, he could have he could have called up a couple of players there. Absolutely no problem to them, you know. But it was he was kind of cutting off his nose to spite his face a little bit, saying, you know, we've only got six subs available and, you know, it's the FA's fault and blah, blah, blah. And listen, I completely get it. And we spoke about it before on the COVID um, conversation, you know. Like, I think there's got to be a number where we get it. You know, if, if, if every team in the league names a 30-man squad and if you've, you know, whatever, 10 of those missing, your game gets gets a plug, and, and yeah. that's just so it's so it's fair across the board. Yeah, you know? I, was li- I was listening to the real. I was listening to the FA today, and um, we'll get into it later. They want to push ahead with them. Um, they've decided to push ahead with the fixtures and the festive period and stuff like that. And they've also released some guidelines in the region of like if you've got thirteen outfield players, then it goes ahead. Basically, you know what I mean. So that that'll be an interesting conundrum now for the next round of fixtures when you have the kind of like the Villas and the Burnleys and the Norwiches and all this, and they're going to have to pony hit, up, aren't they? Well, it's going to hit certain clubs harder than it's going to hit other clubs, you know, because mm. some clubs have massive um, squads. You know, you look at Chelsea, you look at uh, maybe not maybe not City. I think the City squad has a lot of um, quality in it, but it maybe doesn't have the depth at times, you know. But they're you also know, robust. They haven't been hit with the virus badly yet. No, not 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 yet. Um, Pep is obviously doing a, a good job of keeping out the nightclubs. I think you know. Mm. Um, you know, you have a big enough squad. I think thirteen players should be a big issue for them, especially when you know quite regularly we would draw upon um, youth squad players and stuff like that. You know, um, yeah. look at the team we failed against the uh, young boys in the in the Champions League a couple of weeks ago. Like I mean, there was relative unknowns all over there, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was so bad. Phil Jones got on the bench. It's not necessarily the team you want to be fielding though in the Premier League, is it? Of course it's not, but you know, and there you go. Like if if the rules are the same for everybody, then that's that's the way it's gonna go, you know what I mean? Now I know there's a lot of people saying at the minute the rules aren't the same for everybody. Um I think you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't at the as the FA at the minute. You know, yeah. um you put games on, people want to see it, you know, you think you're doing the right thing. You pull the plug on games. You've got people giving out about the Villa Borley game because of the late nature of that postponement and stuff like that. And you're just onto a loser all the time, aren't you? Really? Yeah, I, I think it's really. I think it's the lack of confidence in the circuit break, because I think what they're thinking is it'll only kick it down the line into January. And um, what they're, yeah. you know, we've seen it already. I mean, we've experienced it here in Ireland. You go on lockdown for three months. You open back up, and within a month, case numbers are through the roof again. So I don't know whether circuit breaks. I think they're going to have to figure out a way, like us all, of living with this Omicron and living with COVID and figuring out what we do and how to stay safe. And we just have to kind of get on with life now, don't we, Really, realistically, at this stage, you know? Absolutely. 
Um, great game finishing out the weekend for the neutral Spurs two, Liverpool two. Sure as a neutral, yeah, you enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't move off the couch. I have to tell you, mm. I watched the two games back to back. The City game was was a hard watch. You know, not not because City's football wasn't great or anything like that. It was just Newcastle was so so bad. And the gulf between the two teams. But my God, the Liverpool Spurs game was super game football. You know, mm. it had everything in it. You know, I had red cards. It didn't have red cards. I had goals. It was, you know, you had a couple of managers losing their head. Like it was, it was great. Really, as a neutral, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to say. Yeah, it was. It was weird for me watching it because um, I looked at the first half, and I've often spoken about Liverpool's pattern of play and how times it's very hit and hope and not very purposeful. Um, yeah. And I felt that yesterday a bit first half, um, and I thought. We were very lucky going in a half time, I think, because I think Spurs could have easily had a decent lead. They had a number of really, really good chances that on another day they were put away. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, you know, to be honest, they created the real guilt edge chances, didn't they? Um, yeah. They could have been two or three up at half time and it may have been game over at that stage. Yeah. Um, you know, the save, obviously, Edison from Delhi Alley is a serious save, you know. Um, I think he's he's watching the ball come across and he knows Ali's coming onto it as a right foot and he's like he's taking the chance that he's gonna go because he moves super, super early, you know. Mm. But that's what he's paid for, and that's you know, that's that's what good good players do. They see what's gonna happen before it happens, and it was a it was an unbelievable save, you know, to get fingertips and get it around the post there. Yeah, you know. What, what was your making of the referee yesterday in the game? It was poor, wasn't it? It was poor, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very, very poor. Um, I have to say now. You know, like it's two reds, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, two reds. I, I also think I also thought the Jada one was a stonewall mm-hmm. penalty. I really do. I, I think your man's barged into him, put him over as he's about to pull the trigger. And what happened two minutes later, if you look at it two or three minutes later, a ball is played out onto the wing, and you get the exact same foul practically with Mane, and he whistles for a foul. So how can you whistle for a foul like that and then in the box you don't whistle for a foul? Why is it different? I think there's I think there's got to be a little more in the box, isn't there, for your penalty rather than a free kick, which is outside the box. I think there is. Yeah. I think that's kind of an unwritten rule, isn't there? Yeah, but I mean the fact that the fact that VAR looked at it and they didn't even ask the ref to go and review it. You know, and then they didn't ask the ref either to go well, and they, review the came. And this is here's the problem on the VAR and the review. You know, you're you're asking, is it a clear and obvious error? So I think the FA have kind of tied themselves up a little bit there in, in what they can do with it. And you know what I mean? Because if somebody do, doesn't judge it as an absolute clear and obvious error, if there's, you know, if some if, if it's objective and somebody looks at that and goes, mm-hmm, maybe, maybe not, is it clear and obvious? It's not really clear and obvious. If there's a 50 you know what I mean? Yeah, but the referee turned around yesterday in the Jota one and he turned around and he said that he felt that Jota had pulled up yeah. To draw the barge. And yeah. I was thinking, there's nowhere in the rules that says you can't do that. But if your man plows into the back of you, he plows into the back of you. No, but he's, he's basically telling he's playing for it. You know, and again, like referees are watching for stuff like that. You know, and, and, yeah. and I do I do think there's an element where you've got to go, you know, all right, listen, a penalty is a penalty and a foul is a foul. But when, you, when you're watching guys who are, you know, being overly clever, let's say, to try and win penalties. 
that's where you're gonna you're gonna piss on a ref's cornflakes lightly, aren't you? Yeah, but I think there's a I think there's a difference in intentionally going over and drawing, you know what I mean, and play acting to get a penalty. That's very different than if you're about to pull the trigger. I mean, he was honestly about to pull the trigger with his left foot on the ball, and your man just barged him onto the ground. I mean, it's not like I know he's saying he pulled up a bit. I don't think he pulled up. I think what he did is he changed his body position. They let fly with the left foot, and the next thing he was on his backside. Yeah, I don't think I'd agree with you if I'm honest. No, no, I don't. I I would have think I would have I would have thought it was very soft had he got it. Yeah, I I had a look at it a few times today now, and I still came out with the same conclusion that it was a penalty, and not because I'm a Liverpool fan, because the Robbo one was a clear sure. red. I thought the Robbo one was a clear red that there was no discussion about it, so it's it's not like well, if so, well, let's just word it slightly different, yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's down the other end of the pitch and it's Konati on Kane, are you are you a bit pissed off if he gives it? I think it's given. That's a I, yeah. No, no, but I think it's given. Why? If, if Konate plows into the back of Kane in the box, is the penalty given? Uh, well, if it's the if the exact same contact. As if, what that's, you if that's if that's the exact same one. And it's no, down the other end, and it's Kane. Hang on, but they'll think about the Kane foul on Robbo, and it's Kane in the box, and Kanate plows into the back of him like that and puts him on his ass. Are you telling me that ref ain't going to give that penalty? A hundred percent, he's going to give it. Hundred percent. I don't think so. So then, why didn't he give the red for Kane for the tackle on Robbo and review it? I don't know. I can't. Like I can't answer. It. You know, he should have. Well, well but, it's, it's 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 glaringly obvious why, isn't it? No, is it not glaring the obvious way? Because it's Harry Kane. <laughs> Let, let's not mess around here. Let, let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> I don't believe it. No? Not even a little bit, Luke. Okay. So why didn't why didn't VAR call for the ref to review it? And you can't tell me that that one wasn't clear and obvious because Robbo went up into the yeah, air like a ballerina. That's, that's, that's my point. Like, I, I don't know. I've, I can't give you an answer because, you know, for me, it's a red. It's Stonewall red. There's no mm. like, if, buts, and ands about it. Yeah. You know, but, the two boys should boat walk um, for my money, I have to say. You know, um, one is like, one's a, a really badly judged, you know, lunge, which yeah. endangers, you know, Robson or Robertson. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's a horrible tackle. Horrible tackle. And then one's Robert, a petulant, petulant frustration kick petulant, out, frustrated and kick out, you know, and just lashes out with a guy. And you're just thinking, Jesus, you know, it's and it's strange for a guy who'd been on the end of something like that to then, you know, turn around and be like, Well, here, fuck this, like, you know, and just thought, Well, especially when it was later on in the game, it wasn't directly after where he went into the next yeah, tackle, and up the end of the yeah, so yeah, it was a weird one, but I, I, I'm telling you now, I listen. If I, I think if Kane was up the other end and Kanate ploughed into him like that, he'd get a Stonewall penalty. I'd put my mortgage on it. 100%. Let's get into some of these uh, hot topics. Um, one of the ones we put out is, should the league take a circuit break? But I think there's, there's pros and cons with it, as we've discussed already. And I think with the league um, announcing today that it's going to go ahead anyway, they're going to try and play the matches as best they can, at least through the festive period, and see who January players out. Um We've already just touched on refereeing there as well, which is one of the ones. I think refereeing in the Premier League is probably the worst refereeing in Europe, to be honest. I think they did, did a particularly bad weekend at times, you know. 
Um, but and I I heard a couple of the lads on Sky talk about it. Um, did we mention there was eight penalties the weeks previous? Yeah, and I think there was there was maybe a a call from the top down. We don't want football matches being, you know, decided on on penalties in every game. Like it, it, it probably didn't look well, you know. Yeah. Although we might say they were all penalties, and you know that type of thing. Um, I think we agreed with most of them, but it's just <sighs> this is our it, problem, isn't it? On the consistency, though, isn't it? Absolutely, like none is. of us, none of us want to sit here every weekend looking at ten or twelve penalties. We don't, especially not like, when, especially not when you have VAR. Yeah, absolutely. But um, you I think, when I, it's, I think and it's, it's there, and if it's used properly, it can be so productive, you know. Mm. And we've seen stuff done well. Like, look at the Mares goal yesterday. Mm. City score a very good goal. Mm. Absolutely no issue with it. Uh, Lino caused 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 it offside. Um, and then it goes straight to VAR. Now he's on sides. Goal given. Job done. Keep yeah. moving. It, it's like you know, when you it's like when you look at it in Spain and France and Italy. It's just operating differently, isn't it? It's just there's a very quick decision. If you have to go and review it, the referee is always in control. Just at the moment, if you look at the last two weekends, the referees look totally out of control. Yeah, there's a, there's a certain dramatic element to it, you know. Mm. Where I don't know if somebody said, the longer we drag this out, the more exciting it's going to be and to play out like that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, there's a few cute, clueless decisions going on, isn't there? And I don't even, I don't even think at times, you know, we've talked about VR and how it's supposed to work and stuff like that. VR is supposed to be a look back in real time, and the referees just keep being given these slow-mos now yeah. anything you look at in slow-mo is gonna look worse than it does in real time mm. you know because it's it's gonna give you frame by frame by frame of that tackle of that penalty incident of you know the ref should walk over it should run through once it should change the angle run through again and it should change the angle a third time and run it through again all at the same speed which is the speed of happening, yeah, and allow them then after three looks from three different angles, all at the same speed, go. I got it right, or I got it wrong. Like we're sitting at home, we can make a decision after seeing it once. That's a penalty. That's yeah. a red. That's do you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I suppose I suppose we're sitting at home though. We're looking at a not so much in relation to VAR, but in relation to the referee who's on the pitch and in the height of it. It's a, it's a very different thing. But I suppose VAR has the luxury of every angle. Absolutely. Um, and that's what I'm saying. The three different angles all played at the same real-time speed. If a ref can't make a decision after that, we're in trouble either way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you make of Spurs today crashing out of Europe uh, with your wafer award and ran, ran the win? Um and I suppose in thinking this, if we get fixture congestion down the line because of stoppages or whatever it is, should the Premier League be taking the same kind of stance? Um, I thought it was harsh enough, if I'm honest. Yeah. I thought it was harsh enough, I have to be fair. UEFA don't mess about, sure they don't. Listen, another set of clueless twats, isn't it? UEFA. Yeah, and you would think like they'd want Spurs to stay in the tournament. 
Well, I mean, for the value of the tournament, surely you would. Or for the sponsors mm. who are going, who do I want in here? Ren mm. or Spores? Mm. You know, it's a no-brainer, really. But, um, and, it, and it was probably uh, something that Conte might have said, you know what, we can have a spin at this. Yeah, we had already highlighted that that could be one of the potential silverware that they, that they could potentially pick up, you know what I mean? I wonder what the conversation was like. I, I wonder... I wonder what Spurs' reaction to it was like when they were being asked about it, or was there a consultation period? And Conte turned around and says, "Look, I just can't do this," or whatever it is. Or yeah, it's I don't I don't imagine there was a there was a any sort of consultation. I mean, UEFA yeah. are synonymous for sitting in their ivory towers and making decisions and just letting it be known, and that's that. And there's no comeback and stuff like that. I don't know. Spurs will take this line down. I have to be honest. Um, mm. I think I'd like to see them challenge away on this. Maybe appeal it. Maybe appeal it. Maybe go to the mm. uh, court of arbitration for sport, something like that. You know, um, like the, what do you want them to do? Like, you know, like where's the where's the common sense approach there? They've done something in the in the health and safety for everyone. You know. Yeah. Surely that's surely that's more important than yeah. the competition. Yeah, you know. it, it seemed to be tiptoeing along, didn't it? And then suddenly it was finalised. I yeah. wonder. I wonder is there a guideline in there that UEFA have to say? Well, if this game passes X amount of days, the guideline states you have to award it to the other team or something like that. I wonder have Absolutely. they got some sort of a guideline? And then I just wonder were Spurs aware of it? <laughs> You'd have to think they would have been if yeah. there was something, but you know it is Spurs. Don't forget, stranger mm, things and all that. Yeah, you know. Um, moving on, um, Manchester United uh, footballer Arwan Basaka um, picked up a six-month driving ban today. I think it was and fined over thirty thousand for driving while disqualified and failing to provide driver details for two speeding offences. Um, yeah. Now that this is kind of sorted, do you reckon this might have been hanging over him and it might have been something to do with his form? Because I know his form has been indifferent the last couple of months. I don't think it had anything to do with his positional sense, did it? No, but I mean in terms of, I mean, there was talk that this could have ended up in a uh, sentence. Right. As you can tell by the magnitude of the fine, like 30,000 is a lot to be fined for a driving offence. You can tell by the magnitude of my attitude. He should have been fucking a little more clever, shouldn't he? You know? Like, it's not like he couldn't afford a taxi. Let's be honest here. You know, this is a guy who yeah, No, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not condoning. No, neither am I. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, if you have a car case like that hanging over you, mentally, can it affect what you're trying to do on the pitch? I think it can. But at times, being on the pitch can be an escape from things like that. You know? Mm. Um, and, and sometimes you can throw yourself into, into something like football and it can really give you the mental space that you need when you're going through something like this. Um, I think they were a little bit lenient on him, if I'm honest. You know, thirty grand. What's what's thirty grand to Aramon Basaka? How much you on United? Yeah, I thought the six. I thought the I thought the six month ban was very lenient. I mean, he's got to he's got to get a minimum twelve month ban, and I'd want to know what the limitations were on, uh, on on a fine. Like, I mean, was there an upper limit that that they reached? Is thirty thousand the maximum that they can do for that court? You know, just sometimes there's limits to what they can do. But I mean, thirty grand. It's a drop in the ocean to this guy. You know, he's one of our players, so if anyone wants to defend him, I do, but you can't defend the indefensible. I mean, this is a guy thinking he's this is a guy thinking he's above the law. Mm. 
you know, yeah. and, and we don't like that in people, be it footballers, be it MMA fighters, you know, mm. be it anybody. You're not above yeah. the law. The law's there for a reason, and it's yeah. to keep some sort of fucking peace and harmony around the place. And, mm. and guys who just go off on their own tangents and things you can do as they want, that's not how life goes, lads, you know? Yeah, no, true. Just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, the other one that came up this weekend, Jack Grealish dropped from the Newcastle game. Um, Pep coming out stating that it was due to behaviour issues. Um, what did you make of that? Because there wasn't much more detail on it. Now, this was either this was either a guy who went down and joined himself maybe at a Christmas party and flunked COVID guidelines. We don't know. Well, but, but certainly he didn't do what he was told. It's Jack Grealish here. Yeah. You know, um, it wasn't too long ago we saw him crashing the Range Rover with a few gargles on him. Mm. And he dumped it there and had it was he told a story that somebody stole it the keys from the party and all this. Listen, mm. he's an absolute spoofer, the young a spoofer. Mm. You know, look at what look at what he did at Ireland and then oh mom English up again all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. Um but like he's got that kind of wild side off the pitch, doesn't he? A little bit, yeah. I, I he's, um, he's a little I, bit proud back at times. Yeah, I was um I was interested to hear Pep stating that he keeps an eye on these things. And um, he's absolutely right, you yeah. know. I think if I've certainly heard stories of of when Ferguson was in charge of United and he had his spies around the city, you know, and the night before games or the or the Friday night before a Sunday game even, and he'd get a call off somebody and he'd say, Two of the boys are in such and such a club or there's two of them here or two and he'd send boys down, he'd say, Get them out of there or do this, you know what I mean? And mm. It's your club. You've got to control it as a manager, don't you? Um, and, and if there's any lack of respect or any lack of discipline there, mm. if you don't strike down it straight away, these guys are going to think they can walk all over you. Um, I, just, like, I, I just can't imagine what it's like to be on 200 grand a week and not to be able to let off some steam. Somehow. Well, I mean, you know there's I mean? other ways you can let off steam. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't need to... like. There's, there's a couple of different scenarios here. We've obviously... Got the issues with his uh, personal life at the minute, you know, his girlfriend, and he was obviously seeing Emily Atak and stuff like that as well. But by, by the looks of it, and then there was obviously there was talk of this uh, dominatrix last week as well after the game against Leeds, wasn't there? Yeah. So I mean, maybe maybe Jack was up to no good after the game and got found out by the gaffer or something like that. And, you know, he <laughs> maybe, might be, Pep, maybe Pep's feeling left out, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he might be just an absolute horn dog, poor Jack. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? He just can't get enough at this stage, poor fella. Like, and I mean, you can't blame a block for that, but he's gonna have yeah. to take the hit on that pep, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting to see. But I like the way they, they did it due to behavior uh, behavior issues. Interesting, you know. Um I wanted to bring up Aubameyang again this week. I know we, we hit it out of the park last week with what we said. And the week before, when we raised it, all hell broke loose. Um, what what do you make of this Arteta Aubameyang kind of little power war that's going on at the moment? There's only going to be one winner, isn't there? Absolutely, there is. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we see the back of him in January. You know, um, I think Arsenal will do absolutely everything in their power to get him out of the club. I think they'll go as far as to pay his wages um, and loan him elsewhere. I think they'd be more than happy to pay the big bucks to have him score goals at Barcelona or somewhere like that or wherever. Mm. Just so he's not that negative influence around the around the club and around the, the team and stuff like that. You know, we spoke about it and they've got such a great 
you know, um, some such great prospects at Arsenal at the minute, don't they? Odegaard, Smith Rowe, Saka, Tierney, mm. Ben White, um, Ramsdale. Like, there's a lot of good, good young footballers there. Mm. You don't want a guy like this, you know, showing yeah. them the wrong way to do things. Yeah, and the problem, the problem with Arsenal at the moment, although they're getting results and they're playing well and stuff like that, because there's so much youth in there and so little experience kind of directing yep. it, they're kind of a little bit fragile. When it's going really, really well, it goes really, really well. But when it goes bad, it's really bad. And that's where you need those experienced guys in there. Not that Aubameyang has played that role in any way, shape or form. Or yeah. our friend Granit Xhaka, who should have also seen Red at the weekend. True. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's just an interesting one. I, I, I don't know. I wonder, has he played his last game for Arsenal? Seems to be, doesn't it, between training ground and... Yeah, I'd be shocked, I have to say, if we seen him again for Arsenal. I really, really would. Now, I know, like, guys have come back from worse, but I don't know. He seems like he's really, really dirty his bib with uh, Mick and Arteta, you know? Um, again, so, something I'd love to know. Mm. What what went down? Where are we going with this, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously he's... He's causing serious issues there at Arsenal. And it just, with, with the way Arsenal are going at the minute, you know, they're putting themselves in with a chance of a top four spot. It's got to be worth his wages alone to keep yourself in that fight. You know what I mean? And not, you can't bring and, him back in and disable that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Again, I don't know whether there's a swap deal on the cards. Could you get somebody in from? Could you say, listen, we'll give you Aubameyang to the end of the season. You give us Timo Werner. Yeah, I was I was thinking, I mentioned it to Ian the other day as well, that I, Tuchel had been having conversations, he'd been chatting yeah. to him. Um, yeah. And I don't think those conversations tend to be just about your well-being, let's say. I wouldn't think so, especially with, you know, how blunt Chelsea have been recently uh, up front. Mm. I think this is something Tuchel would really, really love. Um, you know, if he could get the likes of a Aubameyang in there next to Lukaku and get the boat, get the best out of both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they could certainly put Chelsea in a good position uh, for a tilt at the title, and and maybe you could see Timo go across London and and go in with a team that kind of fits his style a little more. You know, a little more energetic, a little bit quicker, faster paced, and stuff like that. And play to his strengths. You know, It'd be a very interesting swap, wouldn't it? Very interesting. I'd be very not like it hasn't happened that. before. No, but it's normally the other way, and it's normally Chelsea that do the better out of it. But we will yeah. wait and see. Um, Absolutely. And um, wanted to ask you about the Afcon. You reckon yeah. should it go ahead or not go ahead? No chance in hell it should go ahead, but I think it will. Unfortunately, mm. you know, and um, I think. How how's that going to work for January? I mean, we had a look at it the other day when we did our preview of the Afcon. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at teams like um, ourselves, and I think what was the other one? It was a Villa who got here hard and Norwich. Uh, um, no, Watford or one of them. Watford was one of them. Yeah, like yeah. how do Watford? I think Watford had what six or seven players when we looked. Well, at he it. certainly had five from what I can remember from yeah. the conversation. How's that going to work at the moment with everything else that's going on? Um. Yeah. Listen, it's. It's ludicrous to even think of holding that competition right now, isn't it? Mm. I mean, Africa, Africa as a continent is so far behind in this, isn't it? We're two weeks, 25%. 25% of 
25% vaccination. Yeah, and you're sending, you know, some of some of English football's prized assets over there. Mm. I'd say there's a lot of clubs are going to be having a little word in the ear of players over the next couple of weeks to say... We're only not, just over two weeks out from the start of it. Yeah, well, this could be a Villa Burnley. This could be a two, three days before the, the plug gets pulled on this, you know? God, imagine. Um, I really, really... Like, it's so, so reckless mm. to hold this tournament on that continent right now with everything that's going on in the world. You know, surely they can use, you know, the platform differently and, you know, maybe the Premier League can do something, maybe the Spanish League, maybe the Italian League can do something and they say, you know, what we'll do is rather than send our players for this competition, why don't we donate a certain amount of our funds which will go towards vaccinating numbers in countries and stuff like that? You know, I'm sh- there's got to be a way around this. I think the, I think the problem is the... Um, it's... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think, as we spoke during the preview for it, I think you have such a passionate continent, so colourful, such a, such a celebration of football and stuff like that. And I know you're taking into account everything that's going on worldwide from a health point of view and stuff like that as well. But I mean, I don't know. I, I find it, it beggars believe. Like you look at Liverpool, like Liverpool yesterday in the Spurs game were missing eight first-team players. Now imagine if Keita, Salah and Mane are gone as well. That's 11. You can't lose 11 first-team players. That makes life. Well, you see, here's the thing. The three boys aren't going to be looked at as being missed for COVID. They're going to be missed for an international competition, which... So it the it it will be a discrepancy there, which is wrong also by the way. I'm not condoning that. But, but they're gonna have they're at, gonna have to factor it in somehow, aren't they? Um you should. Listen, mate. I mean, as good as we think Klopp is, surely to God he can't feel the team that doesn't have Van Dyke, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Kate. No, well, you'll you'll have a couple, you'll have the boys back at that stage. They'd be they'd be post-COVID at that stage. Well. We assume, but we don't know what's going to happen, do we? I no. mean, we don't know who else is going to go in the meantime. They might come back and then what? We lose Alison, Trent, Robbo, Konate, Matip. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is this is revolving. This is Saloon Dar, really. Isn't it? I think, I think Lewis and Trent could be a plus, couldn't it? I don't know about that. I like right backs that can defend. He was very unlucky with that half volley yesterday. I was about to text you. What a, what about how many times he was caught out of position and spores were like really you know they should have nailed just he's a midfielder you said it's not his, it's not his job he's well that's he literally plays like <laughs> we just like, we just need to make up our mind what we want him to do <laughs> my every time they played that long diagonal ball raking ball over between the right back and the right centre back and you're thinking where's the right back up. Yeah. And he was 20, 30 yards ahead of play. And you're like... I think it's up. the fact that it was Deli Ali as well magnified it a little bit, didn't it? Why? Because nine times out of ten, he's pony. He was made look very good yesterday, wasn't he? In fairness. I, he, he, I thought he had a decent game back. Yeah, we did a decent game because he had a quarter of a pitch all to himself. This is what I mean. <laughs> Jesus, that's... Yeah. I was just like... I was watching it and I was going, oh my God, where, like, where is this kid? 
And then you know you see the the yellow boots. The other end trying to score. <laughs> you, you see the boots down the other end. You're like, Jesus Christ, man, where are you? Haven't haven't said that though. I mean, if you you even enjoyed it yesterday as a neutral, the pace from back to front yesterday both ways was just amazing. Like, you know, I have to say, I think tactically, Conte will have given a lot of managers. You know, food, I've, for, food for thought. Certainly playing Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. You know, he got just torn at every opportunity. Went you know, very, very direct. Do you know something? At times he didn't. I looked at it yesterday and I was thinking, he timed it perfectly when to go and when not to go. And he knew when to go because they didn't go all the time. But when they did go, they had timed it perfectly. Um, but I thought I thought he was also at times they were very patient in their play as well. And he's are playing such a high line. Yeah. You know, you're making life very tough for poor Allison there behind, wow. having to be sweeper keeper all the time. And and then he has his Fabian Barthez moment where he comes out to slide and then he goes, Oh no. I was like, did that just happen? I was trying to figure out why he slid that oh. way with the legs and why he wasn't going that way with the hands and the body and the legs were the other way. It was, Which I would have thought would have been goalkeeping 101, but who am I to uh, oh. talk about Alison Becker and how to teach him or train him in terms of goalkeeping? Yeah, um, but yeah, if it was me, where where if you're if you're going in for that, you're going in hands and body, aren't you? And your legs no. are the other way, no? No. Oh no, I'm going in hands and body. That's why you didn't play goal. <laughs> no, 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 no. Plenty of clean but you're not there. you're not going you're not going in with your hands and your and your body like that because you could your momentum again if you do get to the ball can take you out of the out of the box. Yeah, but then you just hand your hands off and your man's already gone. Too difficult to time, you oh, know, because you hold no. on for for a second longer. Not only are you red, but you know what I mean. I always like, had a perfect. That, you're taking that. You're taking that ball with your feet. You know. He's still probably like, around inside the box, though. He wasn't that close to the edge. Oh, he's close enough. I mean, you would handle that no problem, huh? <laughs> he. Uh, he was just so unlucky. You were like, oh no. So he'd made a couple of great saves up until that point. You're just if you, had to say, if you had to seen my face when I seen the ball go by his legs, I was just <laughs> I was going out of the ball, get there. And then for a second, everything just moved in slow motion because yeah. bar the spurs, bar the spurs player. The son <laughs> looked, son looked and he was if I couldn't believe it. I'm gonna yeah, but he was also like, I'm gonna compose myself yeah. here. I don't want to bleed and shin this wider at, you know. Yeah. Whatever, um, whatever his version of Little Christmas is, it happened yesterday during that moment. <laughs> yeah, 100%. absolutely. Well, listen, pleasure having you on for the mashup as always. Um, Dynamo Podcast Network on YouTube for the videos, Spotify for audio versions of the show. This has been your Monday mashup. Let us know your, your comments down below in the episode. Drop a like and a share as always. Hit that bell notification if you want to get the latest notifications when we drop content and we will be back again during the week no doubt cheers bro thanks brother